welcome to another episode of Bedrock Thoughts with On Ping. I'm your host, On Ping, and these are my spiraling thoughts for today. I'm going to call this spiraling with me or spiral with me. Yeah, let's call it spiral with me. It is kind of late at night and I just kind of want to talk about something that I've been thinking a lot about and I feel like I'm too young really to be thinking a ton about this because um, I just really want to talk about life after death and it seems like a very morbid kind of topic to be discussing right now but I don't know I just feel like spiraling tonight so you know, grab your popcorn. Let's do it together. Let's, you know, go down the abyss. Let's stare at the abyss and contemplate, you know, what gives our life meaning. I feel like this can be, this can easily become religious. And I just want to specify that my experience with religion is predominantly from a Christian viewpoint. I'll probably be unpacking a little bit about, well, probably a lot about religion and what has kind of changed my perspective about life after death. And I think the the appeal of religion is that it gives your life after you're gone a lot of meaning. And It's comforting for religion to exist because it gives people a clear answer about what happens to them, what happens to their consciousness and their souls after they're gone. I mean, it's just like normal to feel confused or lost or just scared about death and what happens to you because, I mean, if you're like into kind of like absurdism it's like well you know after i'm gone like does anything actually matter like what is left of me and like what's my legacy and all of that stuff i mean there's like my belief is that you as you right now after you die will not exist so you and your consciousness and your thoughts and your emotions and your history all of that once you're gone you're gone. Like you're not getting that back. Well, in some religions, um, well, like Christianity, for example, the belief is that your soul lives on after you. And though different churches might disagree on what that timeline kind of looks like, the ultimate thing is that your soul lives on either, I don't know, on earth or in heaven or in hell, either or it's living on and then eventually your um, your physical body is like resurrected or then like is made anew and then it joins you and then you kind of reunite with your physical body. I think in cases of uh, reincarnation, there's the belief that your soul will then come back as something else but basically like your soul still like continues to live on without you i think 
for me, I'm not exactly certain about where I stand on that, like your soul kind of living on. Um, I probably will talk more about this um, in other episodes, but I do believe in, this is so like STEM, but like the whole like energy cannot be created or destroyed. And so whatever that means to you, for me, it means like your energy and all of that, it gets recycled. But I don't think that your energy or like you now is going to, you know, still be in existence. I think your energy kind of dissipates and it goes back into the earth. And I think that's just the normal kind of cycle of life. And I'm not sure if that's, if the energy is also your consciousness or if your energy can be equated to your soul. But I think in a way, like parts of you are still in existence in, I don't know, just energy in the universe. Uh, For example, there's that like saying that like water, water holds memory and we can like there are tests for water to see like what kind of like DNA is still in there or like people like scientists or researchers are able to literally test the water to guess how much like how many of like a specific population of fish may be in the water. I mean like we're made of like what I feel like I should know the percent for this, but like we're made of predominantly water. And so if water holds memory and we go back into the earth, like all of this water has to go somewhere. So my kind of like theory is that the water holds the memories of you and that gets transported throughout the earth. Or that's just like, you know, it's just going to be floating around somewhere, but you know, that's that's your mark. I think it's really scary to think that, you know, everything that you've accumulated or that you've built up to now is all going to be gone one day. Like you've put in so much work and then all of that's just going to be, you know, nothing later on. But like, if you think about it, it's kind of a nice feeling because then it's like there's not a lot of weight or like expectation for you to be someone, right? I mean, because the chances of you being famous and you're kind of like the memory of you being held on for like generations to come, like that's so slim. And even for, you know, famous people back then, back in the day, It's like they, like they, the chances of them being remembered centuries later, like so minuscule. And even for the people who are remembered, it's like they might not even have a good legacy because they probably did some like messed up shit. And that's why they're being remembered. I mean, we're out here, you know, like Christopher Columbus, like the man's was alive such a long time ago but we're out here like he was horrible you know he he fucked us up 
we're in this kind of predicament because of him. You know, he fucked over indigenous peoples in America. So he was not remembered for a good thing. And even for the people who were remembered for a good thing, it's like, what what are the odds? Like, realistically, what are the odds that you would actually be remembered? So it's like, just be a regular, regular person because there's no expectation for you to live on as a memory. And it's like, even the famous people in history that you always learn about in your history classes once the human race is gone and like i feel like you know i feel like we're on that path like we're kind of creating our own destruction and like once we're gone it really doesn't matter who is going to carry your memory but like that's our like only way to really continue our existence and to like prove our existence on this earth is to influence or like have a memory going and the only way that you have you keep a memory going is if you create memories with other people and I think for me this thought has really changed how I approach people and how like it's literally changed the order in which I value things because now instead of valuing like material goods or money or whatever or fame or like all of that is so arbitrary but what I can really feel is when I've made an impression on someone and maybe it's just I'm spiraling with my like people pleasing tendencies but it's like I really care about how I make people feel because I know for me, like I I hold so many fond memories of people that I've enjoyed my time with. And I remember how they make me feel, even if I might not remember exactly all that we've done together. I still remember like, oh, this person, you know, always treats me well and they make me feel all like warm and fuzzy. And, you know, I hope they're doing well and I send kind of good energy, good vibes out there for them when I think about them. And that's how, you know, I'm able to like remember people even from when I was a lot younger, like even in childhood, I'm able to remember fond emotions and feelings about them. And I feel like the only way that we can truly leave our mark on the world is with the people around us. And that's why I place so much of an emphasis on how I how I support the people around me and kind of like how I how I navigate the world with these people that I do love and I do care about. I, like, even acquaintances, even if we're not close, I still very much care about you and I want you to do well. And, like, these are the people that are, like, if I'm gone early or whatever, these are people that are going to hold on to my memory 
and keep me alive for just a little longer, you know, in their, in their minds. I mean, even they will be gone at one point and then, you know, the memory of me will just eventually fade. I don't know. It just, like, everything is so temporary. Nothing is permanent. And it's all just one big cycle. You're just going to be cycled back into the earth, cycled back into the universe. I think there can be a lot of fear about this, and it really just depends on how you really think about it. For me, I think about it as, like, how freeing this feeling is that you know i really don't have to make anything of myself you know like i don't i don't have to do anything i just have to exist this is all some like simulation and i'm just here to like learn i don't really believe in reincarnation so it's like i i don't have to hold responsibility for whatever I come back as next. Like, it doesn't matter. I mean, okay, I'm not saying, like, just go rampant and do crime, but I'm saying, like, it really doesn't matter what you do now. Like, don't be afraid to make mistakes, right? Like, isn't that the whole thing about life is, like, you make mistakes and you learn from it, and then, I mean, if your goal is to be a better person than how you started then that's all you can do like why are we so afraid of making mistakes if there is really no expectation to come out a certain way or maybe if your belief is that your path is like predetermined then what are we stressing about you know if you think the choices have already been made for you, either by the universe or God or whatever, like, why are we stressing out so much? Like, everything, if it's already set up and the choices have been pre-made, just go through the motions. There's no use fighting it, right? I also... I want to talk about like this whole conception of heaven and hell. And I think this is where we're going to get a little religious, but we'll see how we'll see where this takes us. So again, my background is in Christianity. So a lot of my references are going to be with Christianity. And I've also not been associated with the church for at least five years, five or six years. I say five years. So my memory is a little, a little foggy, maybe a little cobwebby. So if I do get things wrong, you know, feel free to correct me. Um, but I just want to open dialogue on this whole thing of like what happens to you. I think I was always confused with like who who is determining like heaven and hell. I think I was taught in the church that God was the determinant of who goes to heaven and who goes to hell. But I think what got really lost with me was what the criteria was. So in the church I was also taught that 
know, humans are not the judge of this and that God is the judge of like who, who goes where. But I think what really confused me was when the church seemed to put their own human understanding into who they think was going to heaven or hell. And I think this is very evident with homophobic pastors. Um, when I went to college, there were a lot of uh, evangelical cr- Christian pastors who like stand out in the plaza and scream at us and tell us like, if you're queer or if you've had like sex before marriage or if you had an abortion, like you're going to hell. And I just always was so confused about how they believed that when what I was taught was you in your human monkey brain are not going to understand the regulations or the criteria of who goes to heaven or who goes to hell. And I think that also the other thing that was super um, like just didn't really line up was that if God created everything, then, you know, he created people who are queer and people who are different, people of different races, of different backgrounds. And it's like, who are you to then basically say that God's creation is horrific? that God hates his creations and that he wants them to go to hell. That just didn't really sit right with me and it didn't really make a lot of sense. And so it's very, it just came off as like the humans were were impressing their own biases or their own beliefs onto who they thought was going to heaven or hell. And it was like all the people that they don't like are going to hell. And they just think they're going to heaven. And I'm like, what makes you think that you're going to heaven? Because I would really, I really want to know. Like these pastors are like screaming at me or whatever, you know, you know, the strangers on the sidewalks who like act like they're lost and then ask if you think you're going to heaven or hell. Yeah. Don't fall for those. (laughs) I will never be making that mistake again. But if you see a stranger with a backpack and they look lost on your college campus uh, and they ask if you have a minute that they can talk to you or like if they can ask you a question, just like keep walking or just say that you're running late to a class because it's going to be a waste of your time. But I've always wanted to ask them, like, what makes you think you're going to heaven? I don't know. I'm just really confused as to why they think they're going to heaven and everyone else is going to hell. Where do you get the confidence? It's such like delusional, blind confidence that makes them think that they're superior to everyone else. So sin is like everything bad and sin is what gets you to hell. But I was also taught that all sins are equal. If homosexuality or being queer is considered a sin... And if it actually turns out to be a sin, then your little white lie, it's not any less than your gay neighbor, right? I don't know. So why is your gay neighbor going to hell and you're going to heaven? It just doesn't make sense. Like, come on, let's be let's be logical here. Like you're teaching something and then you're it's just not it's just not lining up. 
I had a conversation with my dad, which it kind of turned into an argument, but um, he's definitely a, a Christian. He goes to church still. He reads his Bible and all that stuff. And so I had a conversation with him about what that criteria is to get to heaven because I was genuinely curious about what, what he was thinking. And so I was like, so dad, what does it take to get to heaven, like in your opinion? And he says, well, what, what I believe is that you have to know Jesus's name. And I was like, okay, like his literal name, like, do I literally have to know the name Jesus, like in English so that I can go to heaven or like whatever language I speak? Like, what if there's a language that didn't have a word for Jesus? I don't know. I was just really confused by his answer, but he was like, you have to know Jesus's name. And he was like pretty adamant on that and didn't really explain further. So I was like, okay, I remember being taught that, like, you have to know Jesus's name. So I was like, well, does God want everyone to go to heaven? And he was like, yeah, like, we want everyone to go to heaven. So I was like, okay, cool, 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 cool. That seems, that makes sense, right? Because he curated everyone and everything. And so he wants, you know, everyone or everything to go to heaven. That makes a lot of sense. And I'm saying he, this is what I'm used to or what I was taught at the time. I more often refer to God as a they or like an it now, but I'm saying he in this kind of like evangelical Christian context. I was like, cool. So, you know, God wants everyone to go to heaven. Right. So what about the, what about the people that, you know, I don't know. There, I'm, there's definitely people out there who are disconnected from the rest of the world they're not as globalized or they've just never heard of christianity like there are definitely people who have no idea what christianity is or who who jesus is so i was like what about those people he's like oh that's why you know missionaries exist and they gotta go and like convert those people and I was like, first of all, that's really problematic because like historically missionaries have done some like fucked up shit. And that's also why we've justified like colonialism and racism and all that stuff and genocide. So I was like, okay, first of all, very problematic of you to say that. Second of all, like what if there's like an intense language barrier and you just cannot explain who this bitch Jesus is, you know, like, like what if you literally cannot get the message across to those people who Jesus is. Like, are they still going to hell? And also like the whole thing about like babies, like babies don't understand anything. How could they conceptually understand some dude named Jesus who existed at some time? I'm just like, why is it a name that is what gets you to heaven? Well, okay, let me offer you this idea. And I think this is where me and my dad just really, this is when the argument started, right? So to know someone's name seems like such a tough thing because there's so many factors. There's different names for God even. Like God has different names and is referred to in different words. 
there is just no way that everyone can be on the exact same page about Jesus and his name. And even though in English it's spelled Jesus in a different language, he's probably called something else. Or in different languages, they don't probably don't even have a word for his name. There's maybe no translation for his name. So it's like, that doesn't seem very feasible. It doesn't seem very logical, even, for you to say that this is the one way to get to heaven and that everyone needs to know the same dude's name. And so I offered an alternative. Because in the Bible, Jesus like represents love, ultimately. He shows love to all the people that he meets. And he preaches about love and like loving your neighbor and accepting people and inviting people to your home. And he hang, he hung out with like the beggars and like the the tax collectors and um like the prostitutes like all the people that society deemed unworthy he showed kindness and love to i like genuinely like even though i am not religious anymore i think that was one of the most empowering stories and i think i just like that's one of the things that like positive things I took away from the church was Jesus as a representation and as a symbol of love. Just like the kind of unconditional love that we yearn for as people. Someone who sees the darkest parts of you and still reaches out to you and still loves you and still cares for you and wants you to be okay. And I was like, okay, so dad, if Jesus is a representation of love. If he symbolizes love, couldn't I argue that? And like love is a very like universally human experience, right? Like that's what transcends any sort of language or boundary or geography is like, like evolutionarily, like humans need to be around community and feel supported and feel loved. And that just makes so much sense to me. This, like, universally, what ties us all together is our need for love. And our, our, like, a lot, for a lot of people, like, that's their life's mission is to give love and to receive love. And if Jesus was that, like, representation of love, like, wouldn't that just make so much sense? Like, for you to get to heaven instead of knowing his name it's like what if what if it's just like knowing love you know wouldn't that be less exclusive of like a criteria to get to heaven than you having to know his name i don't know if this really makes any sense i hope it does because it makes sense in my brain that's how i've kind of pieced it together it's like for me i think heaven or whatever it is whatever we're trying to achieve wouldn't it just be to know and understand love and to like feel it and just like be all about it? Because I mean, humans literally die from loneliness and it's like, this is apparently a very innate need of ours is to be 
with people and to feel love. And like, that's why we also like have pets and stuff because like pets are also some of the, like the best ways that we can practice unconditional love. Like if you think about it, when you have a pet, it's like they mess up and they make mistakes and, you know, they pee on your carpet or they throw up or they do all kinds of like messed up things or they like tear up your favorite stuffed animals. But in the end, it's like you still care for them, you still provide for them, and you still love them pretty much unconditionally right? Like, you know, they, they will mess up and they have messed up and like all of those things. And you're still like, you still want to be part of their life and you want them to be a part of yours. Like that's, I mean, I would also consider like the bond between like a mother and child to be like some of the closest to unconditional love that we can really experience. And some of my closest friendships, I'd also say is like a very clear example of unconditional love. It's like we yearn for that. Like we have put unconditional love on a pedestal and we strive for that. Like wouldn't that make sense for that to be like the goal of the human experience, I guess. I'm just on my like bell hooks kind of like phase right now. So I'm interested to see how my answer will change throughout time, but this is kind of where I'm at now. But personally, I don't really believe in a heaven or a hell. I just don't think it's very representative of life because to have a heaven and a hell is to have a very stark difference between good and bad. And I think very rarely in life is anything able to be differentiated by two boxes. Very rarely do we ever have a stark contrast between one thing or the other. And I feel like life is all about that like gray area. And I think that's why we've we've kind of dug ourselves a hole that we consider a lot of things in the binary like gender for example like that male versus female or the good versus bad or like the i don't know like rich versus poor and that like stark contrast and like very rarely when things exist in such extremes does it actually work out in life like if you don't have a middle class like your economy and your you know just the state of your country or your nation is just going to fail to support itself. We're already seeing how like if you have that stark contrast between male and female and the gender roles with that, it's just so toxic and there's no freedom. And if you separate everything with the good versus the bad, you just completely disregard circumstances, right? Like the judicial system was created to you know work with that gray area and to look at context like everything is contextual and it like the the whole existence of heaven and hell just seems too extreme 
And there's just no freaking way that humans can be fit into heaven or hell. And like, how do you even like sort through? Like, what if someone's right in the middle of good and bad? Like, what if they're like chaotic neutral like I am? <laughs> like, what if they're chaotic neutral? Where do you put them? I think that's maybe why like the Catholic Church came up with the whole idea of like purgatory, maybe. Or it's like maybe like Dante's Inferno where there's like multiple levels to hell. Like that kind of makes sense. Like what is so damning that you would have to be in hell for? Like where is the cutoff? Is it like a little white lie or is it like me um, stealing something or is it me killing someone or is it like I don't know. Who is the judge? I think the other thing with religion is that the people and like the the organizations seem to feel like it's their role to judge when they themselves don't even know for sure what the criteria is. But I do understand many people's need to believe in a heaven and a hell because they want like obviously they want to be the ones going to heaven. But I think it's very based off of superiority it's like i think i'm going to heaven but because your lifestyle is this way i think you're going to hell and therefore i'm better than you or like i'm living a better life than you i just don't understand why we care so much again like it's absurd everything is absurd like, we're all going to be gone, and in the end of the day, who cares what kind of life you lived? Like, people make mistakes, and it happens. Like, we mess up. The fact that we we don't have a lot of forgiveness, it's just kind of sad. I don't know. Like, for me, I am, like, I understand, like, be selective with your forgiveness for your own sake, right? Be selective of who you allow access to you in your life but i think we can all agree that we're all just trying to survive and people are going to commit you know horrible acts i don't know even even when i listen to like troop crime podcasts and like there are some really fucked up people out there like i'm not gonna lie like some of the things are just some some crimes are just too much they're just so horrific it's not like I excuse their behavior. It's, I believe like if you if you fuck up, like take accountability. It's like I still can, I don't know, like people are, are messed up in their own ways. We're all kind of messed up. And some people are messed up more than others. And they do messed up things and they kind of continue that whole like cycle of trauma. I don't know, like why does it... Like, why does the end go goal have to be some sort of, like, destination? I just think it's much more... The whole, like, idea of there being, like, a paradise just seems so ridiculous. Because like, how would you know that it's a paradise if you don't experience, you know, the negatives? And if, like, your whole life was just completely just stress-free, you know, you're just, like, joyous the whole time singing your singing your little hymns like that that doesn't seem like a lot of fun to me 
the whole thing with the human experience and why we're able to experience highs and lows is like it's because we have the lows like you know you're happy only because you've experienced sadness and you've experienced like everything else in between and so you're like oh i'm happy because this is a different experience than something else that i've gone through you know when you've kind of had like a really tough time and you come out the other end and you feel so incredible like how like why how would you be able to experience that if everything was just you know paradise and just amazing and perfect and whatever like how would you know the difference like does that mean that when you're in heaven you like retain your memories i don't know the other thing that really irked me was i asked again the conversation with my dad going back to that i was like how would you know that you're joyful in heaven unless you retained like human emotions and he's like oh yeah i think you retain your human emotions and i was like oh, okay cool so like you retain your memories like you retain you know all the all the times all the memories of like when you're depressed and like sad and all of that he's like yeah yeah you like retain those and that's why you would know you were you know happy or joyful it's like okay cool so what if i remembered a friend that i was really close with and i remembered them and then i look around and i'm like oh shit i don't see them in heaven are they in hell <laughs> how would i not feel sad he's like no, you'd never feel sad. You'd never feel sad in paradise because that's what it is. It's paradise. You only experience joy and happiness and all the good things. But why would I not feel sad? Because they're my friend and I love them and I care about them. Like, it doesn't make sense for me to not miss them or like, like, how can I accept that someone that I was close to and I really cared about was like suffering in hell. I was like, well, dad, if you're in heaven and I wasn't there with you, like, would you not be sad? I would be sad. It just doesn't make sense. Heaven just seems completely unattainable. And it seems like a myth that was made up so that people had an incentive to act a certain way. You know, it gets everyone on the same page. It's like, okay, so we all have the same goal, right? So let's all act the same if we all want to achieve the goal. But it's like, very rarely is anyone going to be living the exact same kind of life. We all live in our own little realities and we all, you know, we have our own perspectives, our own whatever, our own thoughts, opinions, experiences. Like... It just seems ridiculous to try to get everyone to the same goal when we're living such different lives. Like, it just seems like a hoax that was made up. It's a big fat lie that was made up to get everyone to act the same. And then that's when the church is able to make their rules and regulations about what kind of person you should be. It just doesn't seem very appealing to me for us all to be happy all the time when what makes the human experience valuable is that we're able to experience the whole range of emotions and experiences and that we're able to differentiate the highs and the lows and the in-betweens like sadness is sadness but you know that feeling after you're having just a good cry like in a way you're almost like 
it almost like tickles your bones to cry because like why else would we try to like watch sad movies and like make ourselves cry like it feels nice because you're feeling something it reminds you that you're like living through an experience you know like when you have that song that just like it like made you cry the first time you listen to it and then you just keep listening to it and then like when you don't cry at the part that you wanted to cry at like you replay it again like you're like oh wait hang on like this part didn't like hit as good as it did and so you replay it and you try to get yourself to cry or you like i don't know is that just me it can't be just me this has to be like a this must be a universal experience where like you just want to have a solid cry and it feels so good afterwards and like once you hit that low and you come up from you're like damn i feel so live right now you know like i feel I feel like a weight has been lifted off and it feels nice. Like I have this, like, it's only because I have this contrast. Like, like I just mentally went through this low point and now like all of that processing and stuff is done. And I feel like I'm coming up on the, on the other side. Like, that's how I know that I'm like, oh, okay, I'm feeling better. Am I wrong? It just seems like a prison for there to be some place where we're all the same and we're all experiencing the same thing and we're all... We're all just happy all the time. It just doesn't seem like happiness. It's not happiness without the contrast. Or maybe it's just not happiness in the way that like we can humanly fathom. But that just seems, I don't know. I might be trying to be too logical. It just doesn't seem to make sense. I just think like there's just so much more value to life. If you're like, oh yeah, this all just will end here. And like not be afraid of that. Like think of it as like a freeing experience. You get to go through this journey and live through your own reality and be however much of a good, bad, shitty, evil person you want to be. Just like one day you'll just cease to exist. And you know, who cares, right? Just be here to experience your emotions and to like feel everything. Like those, like your emotions are like the reminder that you're alive as you are now. Like your consciousness is here. Like all these feelings that you experience, like that's, that's proof that you're here existing and living. And it's like one day, like it's all going to be gone and it's all just like, it's all going to be darkness if you think of darkness as kind of just like a warm hug to like end all of this, like that's kind of exciting. <laughs> that's kind of exciting to me. And like it makes me feel better about like everything that's going to happen in the future. And it makes me excited to like try to under other understand myself as much as I can now and like figure out who I am. It's like, once I get to like, whatever age, I don't even care at this point. If I'm like 80 years old and I'm someone completely different than who I am now, like, that's so exciting. Like, I get to like explore who I've become and like reflect on this time and be like, oh, you know, remember that time when I tried to start a podcast and it like ended really badly? 
and I just like talked myself into a spiral. Like I can like recount that and just be like, oh my God, my life is so different now. And like I've experienced so many things and I've seen so many things and I've like loved so many people and I've experienced so much love and so much beauty. Like that's kind of exciting to me that maybe one day I'll get to that point and then it's all just going to end and it won't really matter. And that there's not some like man in the sky who like at the end of it all wants me to remember the passcode to heaven, which is Jesus. Like there's no end destination. I think it's also very like human kind of concept that like time is linear and that keeps going in one direction when I think physics has literally proved that time goes in like both directions and time goes in different paces and different speeds throughout the universe and space. So like when you're on the sun, time passes a lot slower. And like if you're in a black hole, it might feel like you're passing through a black hole, but to everyone else, it looks like you've literally froze while time keeps ticking on Earth. Like people, if they you've had like a big ass microscope or telescope to like look in the sky and if you're like in the middle of a black hole, you'll, you'll literally look like you're not moving and time is passing differently for you. Like time is so arbitrary. I feel like I could like talk myself into like a spiral into like infinities and stuff. Like some infinities are like larger than others and that's been like proven like mathematically and that like black holes are like a, you know, they're kind of like a rip in like time and space. That stuff is wild and I don't understand it, but it's so fun to learn about it and hear about it and then like try to apply it to my like measly little perspective about the universe. And it's like, if everything else is completely endless and infinite, the fact that our our life is finite, I think it's the only thing that really gives us like stability, right? Like that's kind of a nice feeling that all of this will like come to an end and it won't just like keep continuing on forever. Like the universe might continue on forever, but I'm glad that I won't. I don't want to continue on forever. It doesn't seem like fun. I don't even care, like, heaven or hell. Don't put me in a place forever. That just seems, like, that seems like hell. Just the whole concept of, like, being someplace forever, that just seems like hell. Come on. Like, imagine your life now and then knowing that it's just going to keep going. Like, I would be so tired and I just, like, what would be the purpose? (laughs) There'd be no end goal or anything. Yeah, I think we'll just wrap it up here, but let me know what your thoughts are, how you think life after death, or if you believe in life after death at all. Like, what are your thoughts on heaven and hell? Like, do you think these places exist, or is it just some, like, made-up, you know, location that, you know, we've just kind of convinced ourselves is going to happen? I don't know. Share with me your your theories. Would also love to be called out on whatever I said. You know, let's let's open dialogue. Let's talk about it. Feel free to DM me on my Instagram at bedrot.thoughts. I want to know your perspectives because, again, we all go through different experiences and we come out the other end with our own perceptions. And I want to know yours because I only know mine and now my dad's.
So anyways, stay safe out there. It's it's a scary world out there, but it's your ours it's our scary world and we get to experience it and like what a privilege it is to be alive in this consciousness and this soul and to feel things the way that we do. Um, I'll talk to you next time. Bye.